Hey everybody, welcome uh, to Here's the Deal. It's Wednesday the 21st uh, and I'm excited to be with you. Shout out to my, my buddy Vince uh, Scully. <laughs> no, my friend Mark Dobbins uh, gave me this uh, um, shirt and uh, he's been upset that I haven't worn it yet on the program. So I'm giving you the shout out now, Mark. Uh, Mark and I have been best friends since junior high and he's uh we're members of the same church and so my buddy Vince Scully I love Vince Scully he he fought greatest announcer ever okay like ever and so I'm wearing this in honor of him today and my friend Mark so hey uh if you're watching live on Facebook great if you're watching this you know sometime later on Facebook great I know most of you get the podcast I'm so thankful for all of you that uh, tune in, listen, I appreciate all of the text and the emails. Uh, it's fun to run into you at the local grocery store or whatever. And I, I love it when you encourage me, give me thoughts and feedback. It, it really matters um, uh, a whole bunch to me. So I'm in a little series here where I'm kind of going through uh, verses that every man needs to know and understand. Okay, and it doesn't mean that a woman doesn't need to know these or understand them, but I've just entitled it "Verses That Every Man Needs to Know and Understand," and this is part three. I've kind of packaged this in a way where you can kind of walk through uh, the the gospel, if you uh, will. And so I'm going to take us back a couple of weeks. If this is your first time joining the the program, you might want to go back and listen to uh, you know the uh, two weeks ago and listen to the first one, part one, maybe last week, part two, to make, so that this might make a little bit more sense to you. But two weeks ago, I kicked it off uh, by looking at the, the, the very first verse that I think every man needs to know and understand. And that is Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I say this all the time. I think that's the most important verse in all of the Bible. I, I, it's the very first sentence in the Bible. And if you, uh, if that verse doesn't make sense to you, then I'm not sure the rest of the Bible can make any sense. We're told in Genesis 1-1 that God, out of nothing, ex nihilio, created everything. That was the first verse. We looked at that two weeks ago. The second verse we looked at was Genesis 1.26, where it tells us that God made human beings in his image. So, so God created everything next to Helio, but when he created human beings, we were different than everything else that God created. We were actually made in God's image. Uh, the Latin phrase is imago Dei. And, and that was the second verse. The third verse was Genesis 2, uh, 15, which, uh, was where we get the biblical mandate for every man. In fact, I have a ministry called G215, um, that's named after this verse. And it says this, that the Lord God placed the man that was Adam in the garden of Eden to tend it and to watch over it. And so in Genesis 2.15, Eve has not been created. Uh, sin has not entered into the equation of life. And here we see what I believe is God's mandate, his biblical mandate, his will for every man. 
And that is number one, to work, to tend over things. And number two, to watch over things, care about things. And I talk a lot more about that in the first week. Then the fourth verse we looked at was Genesis 3.1, that the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, he asked Eve, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? And the reason why I think that's an important verse for every man to know and understand is, is we see how the enemy, how Satan worked with the very first two human beings on planet Earth. The very first thing he does is say, hey, listen, really, did God really say that? In other words, Adam, Eve, did God, you know, he, he, he's, 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 um, he's getting Adam and Eve to question God and question God's word, question God's authority. And here we are all these years later, and guess what? Uh, Satan's still doing the same thing. The demons are still doing the same thing. And it's important that we as human beings, we as men, see the strategy of the enemy. And then the fifth one we looked at was Genesis 3, 6. It says, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. And the reason why this is an important verse is for a number of reasons. Num- number one, it's at that moment, Genesis, in Genesis three, where a cataclysmic shift is going to happen, uh, to the world, to life as we know it, and, and, and all of that. And that is sin is now becoming, you know, a part of the equation of life. Adam disobeyed God. He knew what God had said. God said, don't, eat anything off of this one particular tree, and Adam blew blew him off. But we also see in this verse the, the first moment of lack of male leadership. Adam is standing right there with Eve when Eve is being tempted by the enemy, by the devil, by Satan, and he doesn't do a thing. He just lets it happen, and then he... Uh, you know, voluntarily just says, Hey, give me a piece of the fruit. I'll, you know, I'll eat it kind of a thing. So those, those were the first five verses that kind of lays a foundation for the second five verses. Okay. Part two, we looked at this last week and the sixth verse is, uh, Romans five twelve. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. When Adam blew off God in Genesis chapter three, we're now being told that at that one moment, Adam's sin, sin is now going to be a part of the equation of life. The seventh verse was Romans 3.23, for everyone is sin. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, what Paul says in Romans five is true. Every one of us, you, me, every single one of us, have have blown it. We've all disobeyed God. We've all thought things we shouldn't have thought, said things we shouldn't have said, did things we shouldn't have did. Our consciences have have bothered us because of sin in our lives. Number eight was, for the wages of sin is death. What, What sin did at its core was brought death, physical death without a doubt. We're, we're gonna die because of sin, but much more, you know, importantly, uh, sin brought on spiritual death. It ruined our relationship 
with God. In fact, it ruined our relationship with God to the degree some of you don't even believe in God, right? You believe that, you know, I don't know, something came from nothing. In fact, I've heard that recently, you know, that nothing, you know, doesn't necessarily mean there isn't something there. Well, yes, it does. You can't have everything that has been created, you know, come from nothing. Okay, that's just silly. All right. Uh, the number nine, first Peter chapter five, verse eight. Uh, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And I wanted to, to circle back so that we all understood that yes, the devil was at work in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter three and it messed up everything. But guess what? He's still at work today in your life and my life. He's our great enemy. He hasn't stopped trying to mess up people's lives. He has his PhD in messing up lives. And then the last verse we looked at last week was Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, where Paul says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. In other words, what what Paul is telling us is that the war that we're in here on planet Earth is not a flesh and blood war. It's not a war against your spouse or your kids or your parents or your grandkids. It's a, it's a war against the demons. It's a war against our great enemy. That's what we left off last week. Now we're going to get into this week, okay? And I'm going to hustle through these because I'm going to give you 10 this week. I'm going to hustle through these. So we've ended the second section last week, and now it's part three. Okay, these are verses every man needs to know and understand. And the uh, number 11 would be Genesis 3-7. I'm going to take us back to Genesis chapter 3 because it's important to understand something as we move into this next section, okay? And that is, it says this in verse 7. So they, Adam and Eve, sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So after Adam and Eve sinned and they disobeyed God, they, they, they knew it. Something had changed about them, their relationship together. Something changed between them and their relationship with God. They saw that they were naked. They were ashamed. I mean, life is now messed up because they disobeyed God. And in verse seven, we see human beings trying to take care of the problem of sin. This is the first man-made religion. This is where they're trying to make themselves right. This is the first act of self-righteousness. Adam and Eve, they, they took some leaves and they sewed them in all the right spots, hoping that that would take care of the problem, hoping that somehow that would make everything right between them and God, and them and each other or whatever, and it didn't work, okay? Self-righteousness never works. You cannot fix the problem, which brings me to the 12th most important verse that every man needs to know and understand. And that is Genesis 3, 21. It says this, and the Lord God made clothing for animal skins for Adam and his wife. So in Genesis 3, You've got this mess. Sin has entered into the equation of life. Adam and Eve are trying to take care of the problem. And God says, knock it off. I'm the only one who can fix the problem. And so he has to kill an animal 
There is now bloodshed. An animal's going to lose his life so that these um, loincloths, if you will, these skins can be made. And what we see in Genesis 3.21 is a foreshadowing of what's to come. There's going to be a lot of animals killed in the Old Testament to, um, to relieve the problem of sin. Ultimately, Jesus is going to shed his blood. The perfect lamb of God is going to be slaughtered for our sins once and for all. But it's important to know that in the very first book of the Bible, in right after sin occurs, we see the, 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 the prescription for how God is going to deal with sin. There's going to be bloodshed. And I think it's important for every man to know that. When you get to verse, uh, uh, the 13th, uh, most important verse, it says this. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born for you. He is Christ the Lord. You see, from Genesis chapter three on, God says, I'm going to send you a savior. I'm going to send you a Messiah. I'm going to take care of the problem of sin. I'm the only one who can do it. Man can't figure this out on their own. They can't take care of the problem, but I made you in my image and I love you so much. I will send the Savior, the Messiah. I will send the one who will take care of the problem of sin. Now, they didn't know who that was going to be in the Old Testament. They just knew God promised a Savior, a Messiah. And when you get to the New Testament, today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. Luke chapter 2, verse 11 is the fulfillment of God's promise to his people that I am very much aware of the problem of sin. I was there in the garden when Adam made the decision. He used his, his free will, if you will, to disobey God. And he watched Adam and Eve try to solve the problem. And God steps into the, the situation and says, no, only I can do that. And he kills an animal. And then he tells them, listen, um, there's coming a day when a savior is going to come. A Messiah is going to come. He's going to sacrifice his life. He's going to shed his blood. My son's going to shed his blood. And so it's important to know Luke chapter to verse 11. Now, the next few verses are all, they're all kind of the same, but I think they're important for every man to know and understand. Verse 14 would be this. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, she, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Okay. This section here, okay, section three, part three is all about the Savior. Um, verse uh, n number 15 is Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, number 16, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's why he came, okay? When you... Get to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. This is the 17th most important verse for every man 
to know and understand. It says this, the son of God came, Jesus came for this purpose. Here it is, to destroy the devil's work. Well, what was the devil's work? Well, you gotta go back to Genesis chapter three. Where, where, where he deceives, uh, uh, you know, Eve and, and Adam just willingly takes the fruit and disobeys God. That's the devil's work. He brought sin into the equation of life. And God said, I'm going to send you a savior. I'm going to take care of this problem. And here we hear John saying the son of God came for this purpose to destroy the devil's work. And then, for, uh, number 18, which is John, um, 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come into the world that you might have life and have life to the fullest. You see, sin brought death. And Jesus says, I've come that you might have life. He, he didn't say, I came to give you more things to do in your life. He didn't say, I've come that you might have a religion or that, you know, you might have a set of rules and regulations that you have to live by. He said, I came to give you life, an abundant life, a new quality of life, a, a life full of meaning and purpose, a, a life that goes on forever and ever and ever. That's why he came. And then uh, verse the, the 19th verse, it says this, we're, we're, we're landing the plane, okay? Part three is, is coming to an end. In first, uh, or John chapter one, verse 29, it says the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Wow. Man, you go all the way back to the, um, you know, the beginning of this whole thing. In, in part one, God creates everything. He creates human beings in his image. He gives a man a purpose uh, in life. And then... Adam and Eve, uh, or Eve is deceived and Adam blows off God. You got to understand that. Part one, those first five verses are incredibly important. The next five verses are equally important to understand that what Adam and Eve did, primarily Adam, it messed up you and I today. All these thousands of years later, we still have the same problem that Adam and Eve had, and that is sin has goofed up our lives. It's ruined our relationship with God. And now when you get to part three of the most important verses for every man to know and understand, here we have God saying, I, I, I told you I was going to send you a Savior, and I did. I've sent my son Jesus Christ into the world. He came to seek and to save the lost. He, he, he came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to take care of the problem of sin. And John here uh, says, hey, there he is. There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then I'm landing the plane right now, number 20. Here it is. You ready? John 19, 30. These are Jesus's last words. He's on a cross. He's all bloody. There's blood coming out of his hands, there's blood coming out of his ankles, there's blood coming out of his head from where the crown of thorns was put on, there's blood all over his chest and back where he was whipped, and there, he, he's a bloody mess. The, the cross is a, a scene that's horrific. It's bloody. Because remember, in Genesis 3, there was a bloody animal somewhere who died so that Adam and Eve could have those loincloths put on all the right places. 
And now here we have the Lamb of God up on a cross, bloody. He is a bloody mess. And he says this, three words. It is finished. Then Jesus bowed his head and he died. Now, what does it mean he was finished? It didn't mean that Jesus was finished because he wasn't finished, right? They put him in a tube and three days later, he's going to walk out of the grave proving that he was exactly who he said he was, the son of God. And by walking out of that tomb, he conquered death. He conquered the one major thing that sin brought, and that was death. It brought physical death and it brought spiritual death. And here we have Jesus walking out of the tomb. I wonder what's going to be in next week's part four, which verse, right? Of course, the resurrection will be in there. But this third part ends with Jesus on a cross, bloody. And he says, it is finished. He wasn't finished, but the redemptive work was finished. Everything that needed to happen for you and I to have our sins forgiven and thus conquer death and spend our eternity with Jesus forever was finished. When Jesus died on that cross, blood on that that cross. And so this ends part three. Next Wednesday, I'll have the last section, okay? Part four, okay, of the you know, most important verses that every man needs to know and understand. If you're watching this on Facebook, share it with your friends. If you're listening on the podcast, man, come on, give me a uh, a rating. Give me a five-star rating. Leave a comment. It's super important that you do that uh, because it helps others find the broadcast, believe it or, or not. And I will be posting uh, all 20 of these verses on the Here's a Deal website and my own personal um, Facebook page, uh, Rick Countryman. Okay, blessings, everybody.